Uh, Father God, I, I just want to thank you for today and just for the message you, you have given me. And I just pray, Lord, um, that you open people's hearts for it, that the people who it's, it, it's intended for, I pray you open their hearts and help them to receive it, Lord Jesus. And, uh, and just strengthen all of us today, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, so, so as, as David said, this is, uh, yeah, he, he asked me to preach this week, last week, and, uh, and I was like, oh, do you Philippians? And I, was, I got home and I was like, I don't feel prepared. God, give me anything but Philippians, you know. And, um, but, but, you know, I did get something else and I'd wrestled with it for a while because I thought, oh, maybe I'm just trying to get out of Philippians. But, um, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized uh, it is right to preach on today. And uh, God has been leading me. So, yeah, this... Uh, yeah, it's pretty God speaks to us, eh? So, a lot of, uh, a lot of us at this time, um, this present time, we, we were suffering. You know, I know of, I know of uh, friends, family, just, just people I know uh, who are, you know, who are suffering with, with illness, with pain, um, you know, uh, persecution. Um, and I know some people are struggling with extreme depression, bipolar, um, Others have, you know, lost someone or maybe losing someone or fear it. And, 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 and a lot of us also just, just kind of just uncomfortable in our own lives. You know, we just kind of feel this, this pressure, you know, our lives just, you know, it's mundane, but it's kind of chaotic at the same time. And, 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 and possibly some of us are feeling then rejected, misunderstood, maybe just abandoned um, and unloved, you know, whether by people here or anywhere or by God himself, you know. And so, um, and so God's message to you today, to all of us today, is to speak truth to the hearts of his people uh, who are experiencing suffering and hardship and to encourage them and still their fears and their anxieties with his love. Okay? And though the message is, is for the church, I also pray, you know, if, if anyone's here today and you don't know uh, Jesus that he will actually um, speak to his heart to you as well, uh, you know, through his spirit and, and, and prove to you, you know, his, his existence and his love by, by his word. You know, uh, I, I really pray that for you. So, yeah, so, there's, so there's, there's a lot of suffering in this world. There's a lot of it, okay? See it all the day, just look in the news, it's, it's everywhere. And, uh, you know, and, and it's everything from natural disasters, accidents, uh, you know, uh, it's just pain inflicted by just people, you know. Um, and so one of the biggest questions that actually comes up um, about God is, if God exists, why is there so much suffering in the world? Okay? And some people ask this wanting a debate. You know, they just want, they just want to, oh, come on, you know, prove God to me, blah, 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 like that. But I'm not doing that. I'm not going debate today. That's, that's not it. That's not what I'm bringing today, Okay? Um, but you see, the, the people who really ask it, you know, truly ask it, are hurting. You know, some people ask it because they hurt and they feel God is not in their lives or can't exist because of the pain they're suffering. And, um, and I, think, I think if God exists, why is there suffering? is it, kind of a mask for a real question, which is really, where is God in my pain right now? You know, where is God in my pain, my suffering? So, let's go. So... Pain of the saints. Now, there's a psalm that I, I, really, I really love, okay, when it comes to suffering. I, I, I personally suffer with depression myself, okay? So anyone who's suffering depression, I know exactly what you're going through, okay? But I, 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 these verses 
that I'm, I'm about to read out to you, as, as well as you know, other writings and encouragements, they, they help me focus personally. And uh, the psalm I'm bringing is it's, it's somewhat depressing, okay? um, but it's, it's really real, it's really honest. Okay? It's Psalm 42, and I'm, I can't read it all out, but here are some random verses, just to give you the idea of you know, what he's going through and what, he, what, what the psalm's about. So, so, my tears have been my food day and night. Why am I so depressed? Why is this turmoil within me? I am deeply depressed. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about in sorrow because of the enemy's oppression? My adversaries taunt me as crushing my bones while all day long they say to me, where is your God? Where is your God? That's a question, that's a, that's a really real and honest question that comes up and plagues us sometimes. Where is your God? You know, you're going through this. Where is he? You know, and we, and we think it. Where, where, where is he? Where is my God in this? I don't get it. You know, it's, it's a really honest question. And you know what? Scripture doesn't hide it. You know, there, there, it abounds in Scripture, and it, and it doesn't hide it. It doesn't try and cover everything up and make, oh, Christianity is a nice religion where nothing goes wrong. No, no, no. There, is, there are so many instances of people crying out, saying, where are you? Another instance is Psalm uh, 102, and this psalm is actually uh, titled by its writer, A Prayer of One Afflicted When He Is Faint and Pours Out His Complaints Before the Lord. Okay, it's, again, it's a heavy psalm, and, and here's the first part of it. Okay? It says, Lord, hear my prayer. Let my, cry come, uh, let my cry for help come before you. Please don't hide your face from me in the day of trouble. Listen closely to me. Answer me quickly when I call. For my days vanish like smoke, and my, my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is afflicted. It's withered like, like grass. I, I, I even forget to eat my food because, because of the sound of my groaning. My, my flesh sticks to my bones. I'm, I'm like a desert owl. I'm, I'm like an owl among the ruins. I stay awake. I can't sleep. You know, and, 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 and I'm like a solitary bird on the roof. I feel all alone. And my enemies taunt me all day long. They ridicule me and they curse me. And I, I eat ashes like bread and mingle my drinks with tears because, because of your indignation and wrath. For you have picked me up and thrown me aside. And my days are a lengthening shadow. I just, I, I wither like grass. The psalmist is clearly suffering. And, 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 and he, you know, he, he's being honest to it. He's like, well, where are you? Well, don't hide your face, please. I need you. Where are you? You know, I'm all alone. You know, and, 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 and then he, he, he goes on, as you see, to say, well, you know, like, you know, you've done it. It's like, well, you know, it's like he believes, you know, that the pain's coming from God. Now, is God doing it? I've weighed it up. I, I'm not sure. I don't really think so in this case. Okay, I, I, I believe I believe it's the sorrow the psalmist feels welling up, and, and just him kind of just saying what he feels. You know, in, in his affliction, he wonders, well, where, you know, where are you, God? Are you doing this to me? You know, are you against me? That might be a familiar question to some of you. Okay, and then and then we've also got the question: well, What about them? You know, to, to add fuel to the fire, you know, we see others doing well, you know, and, and especially those who do wrong, you know. They're not doing right, what, you know, and they're fine. 
you know? And it's painful. You kind of think, well, why is it going right? For, what, what am I doing wrong here? You know? And, 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 and it might not just be those who do wrong, but it might be other Christians. You see other Christians doing well, and you can, or you think they're doing well, or whatever, and, and you're just kind of, well, well, well why me? You know? I, I think a main problem here, before I properly go on, is, 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 is suffering brings along a sense of jealousy. You know, you, you, become, you become envious because you want to be free, you know, or you want a loved one to be free of, of the suffering, you know, and, and that's, under, that's understandable, of course. Of course you want to be free. Of course you want that loved one free from suffering. And you want to know why it's happening to you, but, and, but you can't work out what you've done to deserve it or where you've gone wrong. So when you see other people doing okay, it's kind of like, well, you know, it just agitates you. It's just like, well, if it's, if it's happened to me, surely it should be happening to them. Not that you would wish your suffering upon anyone, but you're kind of like, well, you just don't get it. <laughs> you know, you just don't understand. And it, it causes this chaos in your mind. You know? You don't know why you suffer and they don't. And, and the psalmist echoes this. Listen to what the psalmist says. He says, I envied the arrogant. You know, I, I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then he goes into it, he says, you know, they have such an easy time until they die. And their bodies are well fed, they're not in trouble like others, they're not afflicted like most people. Pride is their necklace and violence covers them like a garment, they're prideful, they're violent. Their eyes bulge out from fatness, the imaginations of their hearts run wild. They mock and they speak maliciously. You know, they arrogantly threaten oppression and they, they set their mouths against heaven. They don't even know God or like God and, and their tongues strut across the earth. Look at them. You know, they're, they're always at ease. They, they increase their wealth. Did I purify my heart and wash my hands in innocence for nothing? I'm afflicted all day long. I'm punished every morning. I'm afflicted. They're not. Why? Why am I being treated like this? What am I doing wrong? Why? Why me? Before I go into the rest of this, I just want to say, you know, suffering is a struggle now for some of you. You know, it's, 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 you know to be fair, there, there are no words to describe it, really. You know, people try and, you know, you, you can try and put words to it, but really it feels deeper than whatever you can describe. And, and any attempt from anyone or myself to do so will fall short. And I get that. I, get, I understand that. You know, I, have, I have no desire, and I just want you guys to know, I have no desire to belittle any pain any of you are going through today. That is not the case of this message. Okay? I'm not belittling the pain. It is real. Pain is real. You know? However, uh, and I mean that with as much uh, gentleness as possible, let's, let's see what God says about it. You know? Let's see what God says about it. Um, so the questions we, I've, I've gone over so far are some of them. And I, I, want to, I want to see what he says and, and hope that he can speak to you and, and, and give you some answers. And, and most of all, encourage you. you know? Praise God. So, let's address this. By the way, I'm just, I'm just going to... It's, it's not got any proper flow to it. This is just... I'm gonna, some of these questions might not apply to you. Okay? Some of them might not apply to you. But it's just for the sake of everyone, okay? So hopefully some of these topics will be more inflicting on you than others, in a sense. You know, that you'll, you'll get more from some than others, okay? So you might not be thinking this, but for those who are, what did I do wrong? Now, 
it's easy to get lost in, you know, when we miss the mark. If, you know, if we miss the mark at some point, we kind of think, well, you know what, if I can, if I can fix this, you know, if I can figure out what I've done wrong and turn it around, then that will fix my suffering. Yes. You know? Some people do that. De- de- I, know, I know depressives do that as well, you know, as a depressive. You know, you kind of just want, well, if I can, if I can just, if you just make sense of it, it, will, it, will, it, will, it should work back out, you know? You know, and I just want to say, you know, just because something bad happens in your life, it doesn't mean it's because you've done anything right. to deserve it. That's right. Okay? It doesn't mean you're being punished. And I say that as an encouragement. You know, you're not being punished. And see, one of the most, and I think it's really disgusting, you know, things that are still believed today amongst Christians is that all suffering is to do always with sin. You know? Oh, he's suffering, so he's a sinner. He must have done something, exactly. He must have done something. It's like Job's friends. It's like, well, you must have done something. Job's like, no, I, I, I haven't. I can't even think. You know. Listen to Jesus. He's going to talk about three different events. Listen to Jesus. He says, at that time, some people came and reported to Jesus about the, the, the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And, 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 and he responded to them, listen, do you think that these Galileans were more sinful than all Galileans just because they suffered these things? No. No, no. But and, and unless you repent, you will all perish as well. Or, or what about, or what about, he remembers something else, or what about the, the, the 18 that the, the tower in Siloam fell on and killed? Now, do you think they were more sinful than all the people who live in Jerusalem? No, of course not. But unless you repent, you will all perish as well. And another one. As he was passing by, as Jesus was walking, he he, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples questioned him. Hey, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? That's kind of a heartless question. Anyway, he says, you know what? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answers. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him, and then he proceeds to heal the man. Okay? Two, three things are mentioned in these verses. Okay? The first, you've got two major events that happened during Jesus' time. Okay? One was by human hands. Okay? Pilate had a group of Jews from Galilee killed for, I don't know why, but it seems like no good reason. And, and then... And then the other is an event that's you know, more like a natural disaster. You know, a building collapses, a tower falls, and, and it comes down and it crushes the people inside or nearby, you know. And then we've got the last verses where someone is born blind, you know, they're, they're born into suffering, you know. And people back then, had, had, people suffered these things because of some superior sin in their lives. You know, and God just picks on them and punishes them because they're especially sinful. You know, however, in both cases, Jesus says, "No, this is this is not how it is. This is not the reason." Okay, the Galileans didn't do anything more deserving uh, to to have their lives ended by Pilate. You know, the, um, the, the Siloamites didn't sin in any particular way to warrant a tower crushing them to death. And, and, and the man born blind from birth, it wasn't anything to do with his or his parents' sin. 
Okay? And we see many modern day examples of these things as well. You know, people are born with chronic diseases. We see children suffering all sorts of horrible, disgusting stuff. And we kind of, why? You know, and then we got, you know, uh, world wars, mass killings, recent attacks from France. You know, why is that? You know, and, 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 and the natural disasters, like uh, the only one I can think of the tsunami in Haiti uh, years ago, you know. But you know, the question is, did all these people sin more than others to deserve that suffering they've been through and even continue to go through? No. No. I will tell you this morning that the rejection of God does keep you from him. Sin is a barrier, but it is not the reason for suffering. Yes? It's not the reason for suffering. So you may be asking this morning, what did I do wrong? And the answer is just this, nothing. Amen. Amen. Nagging conscience. Now, this did have to follow, to be fair. Um, I I can't get away from the fact that sometimes God does discipline us using hardship. You know, sometimes we sin and God afflicts us in order that we turn back to him and repent so we don't lose out on salvation because salvation is more important. Okay? And sometimes we may not even have sinned to deserve illness, but sin in our life keeps us from being healed. And, and, and I want to stress again, this is not always the case. Okay? This is not always the case. Okay? I really want to say that. But you know what? This is the tell sign, okay? If you are ill and you have something on your conscience that you know you need to repent of, then you need to do that. You need to confess to your brother, your sister in Christ, the leadership, whatever, you know, and you need to ask God for forgiveness and and turn from that or correct the mistake or the problem. You know, it could be uh, reconciling friend, mom, dad, or paying back what you owe, coming clean with someone for something. I don't know. James says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Okay? But again, I stress, if there is nothing on your conscience and you're completely honest about that and you're not just pushing it down, you know, um, then then God's not punishing you. Yeah? And this is just the result of living in a sin-filled world. It's where suffering comes from. Sin of Adam and Eve comes into the world, death, suffering. It's just living in the world. And how do we know the difference? How do you know whether you've done something wrong or not? You know, again, as as a depressive, I understand. It's just kind of, okay, what if there is something and I just can't think of what that is and I really need to solve that? You know, and it's true. And and, and it tears you apart. And here's the thing. Relax. Relax. Okay, you take heart because, you know what, if you're in Christ, then the Spirit of God lives in you. And he convicts us and reminds us of all sin in our lives, not to condemn us, but to bring us to life more and more. If there is a sin issue, he will show you. you And if you're really anxious about it, then just ask. Because, hey, he's your comforter. He's your friend. And some of the psalmists say, you know, well, well, search me, try my heart. Show me if there's anything wrong in me, Lord, please. You know, so I can be clean. You know, ask him. He will show you. And if he doesn't, you've done nothing wrong. Take heart. And if he has, then grab someone and confess. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's always good to confess to each other, yeah? Yes. Because that keeps the devil down. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah? Amen. Stops his power in his lives. 
And you can pray these words. These are great words to pray if you have sinned. Listen to this. This is great. Okay? Be gracious to me, God. This is David says, be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion, your mercy. Blot out my rebellion. Wash away my guilt. Cleanse me from my sin. For I am conscious of, conscious of my rebellion. Purify me. Wash me. Let me hear joy and gladness and let the bones you have crushed rejoice. You know, turn your face away from me and my sins and blot out all my guilt. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit for me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and give me a willing spirit. Let me, let me never go down this route again. It was stupid for me to do so in the first place. Help me. Thank you. You know? One last strand to this. Lack of faith. Another reason some may be suffering in whatever way is because you haven't even asked God for help. Okay? Now, it may not be all of you, but some, sometimes that is the case. Sometimes we don't. It might be for different reasons. You might think, well, I, before in the past I prayed to God and he didn't seem to help me, so why should I pray now? Now, these are real mindsets that creep in. You just like, why should I ask? What's he going to do, really? Those who are sick and facing hardship should ask. Now, Jesus said to, his, to many people while he was on the earth, when they came up to him or called out to him or whatever, he says, what can I do for you? What do you want? What do you want? And, you know, this, this guy's kind of coming up. He's probably thinking, well, I'm blind for goodness sake. How do you not see that? You know? You know, how can you say that? Here's the thing. It's not that Jesus doesn't know. Jesus is God. You know, he knew about that man's sickness before he was even born, before the world was even created. He knew. He's not stupid. The reason he asks is because he's testing their faith. Absolutely. That is why. Okay? He's asking them to just step out and trust him by asking. I do wonder if there was anyone who said, well, what can I do for you? And they're like, oh, no. it's all right. I wonder if there was anyone like that. You know, it takes a certain measure of faith to ask for healing for a specific thing because you are putting your trust into someone and you have no control. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's a step forward. But when you ask God for help, you are deliberately trusting him Amen. and you are hoping that he will come through. Amen. You know, and you know, you're hoping he will hear anyway. And you know what? He does. Okay? He does. Some people might say, well, not for me. I'll, I'll answer that in a minute. But you know what? But he, he does. And you know what? I just want to encourage people, if, if, if you are sick or facing hardship or whatever, I, I want to say, you know, during communion today, please come down the front and grab one of us and pray. We can pray for your healing. We can ask God. We can stand firm together for your healing. We trust him. So the question comes about, why does God help some and not others? He's helped him. And sometimes you know, we hear the testimonies at the front and we think, well, that's great. Well, what about me? You know, it's, it's true. You know, it's, you know, and, and here's the thing. Though Jesus went and healed many people while he was on the earth, he, he didn't, and, and raised people from the dead, he, 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 didn't, he didn't do it for everyone. He didn't do it for everyone. Well, well, why? The honest answer is we don't know. It's, it's, it's not a question that's usually addressed, you know. Um, we don't know exactly why God heals certain people, like, instantly. And then others have to wait 
like a stretch of time and gradually get healed, or, 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 or days, or months, or years, you know? And sometimes never. You know, there are people like Charles Spurgeon, I take great hope from him because he's a man who suffered depression, he suffered it his entire life, and yet he held true to God all the way through. And so it's like, well, why didn't he heal him? Why, didn't, why, 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 why some, why not others? You know, and in, in the same way, you know, we, we also, it's, it's, it's the same. We don't, we don't understand why he, you know, we don't know why he allows, you know, a greater suffering for some and, and not for others as well. We, we, we don't understand that. We don't understand why some people are, are, are born blind, born into suffering, or, or born into abusive families and others are not. We don't understand. And there are many questions that surround this. You know, we don't know. Don't know why in particular. But here's the thing we do know. God is in control. And he does have a reason. I say this with all sincerity because I know how painful it is. He, he does have a reason and a purpose for the things that happen. I'm going to go over some, some other points, and I hope they give you a bit more clarity and hope as to maybe why am I, or why is he, or whatever, suffering in particular, or are not healed, or whatever. Let's talk about this. Does God care? Does he not love me? That's a... That's a serious question. They're all serious questions. But, you know, you can, you can easily get to that from, well, why does he help some and not others? And then it's just like, well, does God even care about me? That he would not heal me and heal him? Slight bit of theology. When God made the world, he made it good. He made it good. No, no pain. No suffering. Okay, some people ask the question, well, why, well, why didn't just God make a world without suffering? Here's the answer. He did. <laughs> he did make it without suffering. It was man that rebelled and didn't want God. And that brought sin and death into the world and that ruined God's creation. We're to blame. Maybe not us exactly in particular, but our great, great, great granddad and grandma, Adam and Eve, messed up badly. Okay, but here's the thing: instead of wiping the slate clean, as it were, like killing us all, he chose to save us. because yes. he loves us. And here's the thing: and he promises this. He says he won't just put it back the way it was, but he'll make it even better and never allow it to succumb to death and suffering ever again. Yes. You know. And some people might ask, "Well, why? Why don't they just do it now?" Well, if if People have been asking that for centuries. And if, they, if, if, if he had done it 200 years ago, here's the thing, you would have missed out. Seriously, you would have missed out. There's a verse in the Bible that says, you know, he is you know, not slow, as some people understand slowness, but he's slowness, but he's patiently waiting because he doesn't want anyone to lose out. You know, he doesn't want his people to lose out. He's waiting for his people, and he has waited, you know, another 200 years for you, and maybe he'll wait another 200 years for someone else. You know, because he loves people. You know, he's waiting for a final day to do this. Okay, and and it's in his love that he's giving us time. You know, because once it runs out, it runs out. But here's the thing: in the meantime, he hates suffering. He hates it. His spirit is not content with it. Okay, listen to what he says. Okay, listen to what he says. Do you think, this is God, do you think that I like to see wicked people die? Really? Says the Lord, of course not. 
I want them to turn from their, their wicked ways. I want them to live. I want them to live. I don't want them to die. You know? He doesn't, he doesn't, it's not, it's not, oh, well, you don't believe in me, so ha. You know, it's, it's not like that. God doesn't, he God hates suffering. He's suffering of the wicked. And so here's the thing. If he hates the death and suffering of the wicked, how much more does it grieve him that his own people suffer and die? You know? Jesus says in Matthew, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Yeah. That's, that's some good words this morning. Yeah. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That might seem like an emphasis, but it's not because he's the only one who can touch you, really. You know? You are safe. Don't be afraid. Because here's the thing. What is the price of two sparrows? One cup of coin? Evidently, two sparrows are worth one cup of coin. <laughs> You know, and you got two for the price of one. So there you go. But here's the thing. Not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. He values sparrows more than we ever would. Yeah, he knows. Here's the thing. The very hairs on your head are numbered. He knows every individual strand of your hairs. Even if one of those would fall out, he would know about it. Seriously, don't... And he says, don't be afraid, because here's the thing. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. So here's the thing. He... he Obviously, they were considered quite worthless by human standards, but God values the sparrows, and he knows everything about them. Not one can drop dead without him knowing about it. He feeds them, it says, in other places. You know, he cares for his creation, and, and he knows every single one. Okay? And here's the thing, and yet we are worth more than a whole flock of them. Okay? We are very valued, is, basically, is, 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 is what he's trying to say. And here's the thing. This is what we get from it. Nothing is happening to you that God doesn't know about. His face isn't turned away. He hasn't ignored you. He hasn't forgotten you. He knows what's going on. And listen, to the, listen. I mean, don't be afraid or discouraged because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I will never leave you or forsake you. Don't be terrified or afraid of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you, and he will not leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always to the end of the age. He is the faithful God. He is the faithful God who keeps his promise for a thousand generations, and he lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. He is with you. And here's the thing. You may think, well, if he's with me, then why, why am I still going for it? You know what? Feelings are horrible indicators of truth. Yes. <laughs> Feelings are horrible indicators. Actually, before I go into this, I just remembered something. This is just for those... I could put this at the end of my notes. This is just for those who are under um, persecution, right? Which is a particular type of suffering for the name of Jesus rather than just suffering normally because of the world. Okay, you know what? If you're suffering for the sake of Jesus... That suffering is usually the indicator that God is close. Amen. Okay, when you are persecuted for the sake of Jesus, the Messiah, God tells you that his spirit is right there with you. And the suffering itself is the confirmation. Okay? For example, 1 Peter 4. I haven't put this up in my notes. Please listen. For those who are suffering and being persecuted. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the theory trials you are going through as if something weird or something strange were happening to you. Instead, be, be very glad because these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. 
which is his persecution. So, so you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So be happy that you are insulted for being a Christian. For then the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. He is with you. Uh, let me go back to where I was. Sorry. So yeah, I'm with you always. Like I said, that's it. Feelings are horrible indicators of truth. Okay. Um, see, truth is a constant like that, and feelings kind of do this. They go, okay, and they will never ever be in line. Sometimes they're in line. Sometimes they are, but then other times they're not as well. It's hard, you know. To, if, if you gauge life by feelings, it's not going to work. Especially again, if you're depressed, because depression just makes you think, "I just want to die." And you know, the only feelings you have are negative feelings. You know, you know, they're horrible indicators of truth. You know, and Satan uses them. He knows what to do. He uses them to give us all sorts of wrong information. And here's the thing: sometimes the best thing to do with feelings is tell them to shut up. <laughs> I'm serious. The amount of times I've told myself just to shut up. You know? Yeah, it's, and, 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 and not just shut up, but replace it. You inform them how great your God is and the truth that he hasn't actually left you and that he does actually love you despite what you're going through. You preach to them. You tell them they're wrong because here's the thing, they are wrong because they go against scripture. And anything that goes against scripture is not true. As Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't rely on your own understanding or your own feelings. Don't rely on them. Yes. Don't rely on them because they're not true. Now, this next verse, listen to it, preach it to yourself. I'll tell you what it is. You know, it's, it's Romans 8, uh, 35 to 39. This, this is great. This, this is true no matter how you feel as a Christian. Listen, okay? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? And this bit, this bit, Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Does it mean he no longer loves us? No. No, he says. No. Despite these things, despite them, we have overwhelming victory in Christ Jesus who loves us. And here's the thing. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. The powers of hell can't even separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. He loves you and it will not end. Bless God. <laughs> Praise God. Let's move on to some other points then. So, okay, he loves me. Why am I suffering? Sometimes our suffering is for a greater purpose than we actually know or understand. Okay? There's a reason to the chaos. God is in control. And it's a reason he knows it, and it's mad, but we don't see it yet. But you know what? We, we get to a stage where we will finally understand it. And funnily enough, you know, some people, people, I've heard testimonies where people have been in a position, you know what, they're like, you know what, I'm glad I went through that because otherwise I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, I don't just mean in the church, wherever, you know, whatever that situation is, you know. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad because it got me here. But here's the thing. Now it's painful and hard to bear. Okay? So Joseph is a great example. Joseph, Technicolor Dreamco, uh, Prince of Egypt, wherever you know him from. It's, yeah, Joseph, he, he didn't do anything to deserve what happened to him. You know, his brothers were jealous. They were going to kill him. Uh, instead, they sold him to travelers. That's a, that's a good example of how God doesn't let things go too far sometimes. He has control. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not letting you kill him. You know? So, you know, God is in control. God does help us. It, being in control is for our hope. <laughs> anyway, they sold him to travelers, and, 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 who then sold him to an Egyptian official whose wife accused him of attempted rape, and he was put in a dungeon. And even though he, did, he, he helped people there, they forgot about him. So this is a guy who's just been forgotten and rejected, and, and, and you know, and for years, exactly, for years. But we know the rest of the story, right? You know, he finally does get remembered. Uh, Pharaoh asks him for help. He helps Pharaoh. He, he, he's elevated to second in command over the whole of Egypt, crying out that an Israelite <laughs> in control of Egypt. Anyway, so, and, 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 and it resulted in him saving his dad and his evil brothers and saving the whole of Egypt and the kingdoms surrounding it. God saved everyone from a famine because of the suffering of one man. Isn't that a great depiction of Jesus? <laughs> he saves the suffering of one, brings life to all. Anyway, you know, Joseph says at the end of this, he goes to his brothers, he says, you know what? what you They're all begging for their lives. They're like, please don't kill us. He's like, no, no, it's right. I've forgiven you, because here's the thing. What you intended for evil, God used for good. Amen. Says that. What you intended for evil, God used for good. Might not have created the evil, but he certainly used it. Okay? And here's the thing. Joseph did not likely believe that when he was in the thick of it. He probably wasn't thinking that when he was in a dungeon or when he was being sold. You know? He probably wasn't thinking. He's probably like the psalmist. You know, where are you? Where are you? But you know what, he hoped in God anyway. And you know what, he came through. And, he, and you see at the end, he clearly saw the good it produced. Yes. And he was grateful for it. You know? And here's he, 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 the thing behind that, right? It's hard now. And again, I'm not robbing you from your pain. It's real. But when you are finally through it, or even during it, you know, I've heard stories of people during their pain, okay? God may just use you for the good of his people. To encourage, maybe to encourage others what, what you're going through or what went through. You know, that's always good to hear. It's always nice to hear when someone else is suffering the same thing because you're, kind of, you're not alone anymore. And, and if they're, they're getting through, then maybe I can get through. You know? He might be that person to encourage. Or he might be putting you in a position that you would never have been in otherwise. You know? Our suffering produces hope and it equips us to help and encourage and strengthen others. Romans. And we know that God causes all things, all, good and bad, to work together for good. So if it's good, it results in good, and if it's evil, it results in good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now we see things imperfectly. We can't understand what we go through. Okay? It's like puzzling reflections in the mirror, but, but then... When we're, when we're through it or on the other side of this life, you know, we will see everything with perfect clarity. It will make sense. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then 
I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. He knows the situation. I don't. I will know. Not yet. Now, again, some people suffer their whole lives, so there is no end. So then I guess the question then comes up, well, again, what about them? This is a weird title. Um, I'll explain it. So don't forget, the people Jesus healed eventually died. There are no survivors from the first century today. Okay? The one thing we all have in common is death. And um, the people who were raised from the dead, like Lazarus, for instance, he had to die all over again. You know? <laughs> I don't mean to make too much light of that, but yeah, that, that is exactly what happened. And, and that sounds really depressing in some ways. Oh, we're just healed to die. But here's the thing. Death is not our end. No. Death is not our end for those in Christ. And, 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 and here's the other thing on that, the other side of the coin. Life on earth is not our hope. Life on earth is not our hope. Okay? The thing is, we will only ever be healed to eventually meet death. Okay? Therefore, all healings are temporary on earth. They are just temporary. They don't last. Because this world is so corrupt and so broken. It doesn't last. But the death, as I said, is not the end of us. But here's the thing they are the end of, our suffering. Death is the end, for those who are in Christ, of our suffering. It's the end mark, it's the cut-off point. It's the final date that we're longing for. Yes, I'm free now. I can be free that day. You know? and, and, And it's the beginning of our eternal joy, where there will never again be suffering. Okay? Here's the thing. God has a greater end for you, his child. You are his child. He has a better end for you. Okay? 1 Corinthians, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You won't be able to comprehend it. Okay? Here's the thing. Previous times are usually blotted out by present experience. Yeah? Yeah. Which is why I've titled it this way, okay? So, So, for example, you have a good month. Right? And if you have a bad month after that, you probably tend to forget the good month yeah. because yeah. you're suffering. Yeah. And vice versa, it works the same way around. You know, if you might have a, um, a, a, you know, a great month, I can't remember which way around I put it now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah you, you have a bad month and, and if you had a good month, it's okay. And that's the funny thing because you know, when we're suffering, we do try and forget. We do try and do anything that gets us to forget about it. You know, sometimes that's hard. Again, so to those who are depressed, I understand you don't ever feel like doing anything, and sometimes the things that help you don't help you, and I understand that mindset. You know, if you, actually, that's a good point. If, if, if any of you do suffer with depression, come talk to me, because I, I understand, and we can, we can talk and encourage one another. Anyway, um, but here's the thing. We do try and do things to forget what we're going through. And, 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 and though it's temporary, you know, it's temporary, whether you're playing a video game or you're watching a movie or whatever, whatever you can do to get rid of that feeling, you, you're, you're trying to forget, and we do. Present experience nullifies, usually, past experience. Okay? Here's the thing. God promises for your future, what he promises for your future, it will be your present one day. You will be there. 
you will be there. And you will look back on this. Maybe you won't, maybe you won't even look back on it. Maybe you just forget it, like most of us do when you know, things happen in the present. You know, and someone might come up to you like 3,000 years later and go, well, hey, you know, uh, how's it going? But yeah, you know, it's brilliant. You know, I'm loving it. And it's like, well, didn't you start off that? It wasn't, wasn't like the first 70 years rubbish? <laughs> and, you know, it'd be like, well, well I guess, <laughs> yeah, looking back. But, you know, I'm, I'm in such a good time now. Why, why, why do I even have to think about it? You know, God was good. God brought me here. So I'm, I'm doing fine. Listen, Zephaniah, okay? Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. By the way, they are names for us, his church, Zion, Israel, Jerusalem. We get to be those, not just the Jews. Okay? We are brought into God's kingdom. Okay? For, here's the thing. The Lord will remove his hand of judgment and disperse the armies of your enemy and your suffering. And the Lord himself, the king of Israel, will live among you. And at last, your troubles will be over. And you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be this. Cheer up, Zion. Cheer up. It's not just telling you to get over yourself. He's, he's cheering you up. It's gone. Suffering's gone. Cheer up. Don't be afraid because the Lord your God is among you and he is a mighty saviour. And he will take delight in you with gladness. And with his love, he will calm all your fears. There will never be fear again. And he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. It'll just be joy. And again, in, in Revelation, same thing. I saw a new heaven and a new earth because the first heaven and the first earth passed away and the sea no longer existed because it was corrupt. And we're not destined for this place. We're destined for a new heaven and a new earth. And here's the thing. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, that's us, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud cry from the throne. Look! God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and they will be his God and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying and pain will no longer exist because the previous things have passed away. They are gone and they will never come back because they are dead. It's the death of our suffering and our death and our life. Don't forget that that is our hope. This is our hope, not here, but there. Okay, write it down. Okay, it's always good to have reminders for when we get into these, you know, these these thought processes and whatever. Just write it down. Put it in places you'll see it, like your mirror or your TV screen. You know, like right across it. You know, (laughs) right. So, or or in all seriousness, just put it somewhere you won't forget to see it, because that's one promise you can be one hundred percent assured of: is that your suffering will end. Guaranteed. It may not be now or in a year or two, and it may not be any time on this earth, but and if it is, hallelujah, because our God is good. And if he gives us temporary help, that's brilliant. You know, and temporary health, that's great. You know, God is good. But it has an end either way. Yeah. It has an end either way, and those who aren't healed are not abandoned. God has got a date for your end of your suffering. He's got the date. It's guaranteed it will go. Okay? And that brings us to this, the bigger picture. Okay, the bigger picture. Jesus came to save us from all suffering and death. Okay, and he does this by saving us from the thing that initiated them. 
okay, which is sin. Okay? In order to be rescued from the pain of this world, our rebellion needs to be dealt with. And our rejection of God needs to be dealt with. So that the wall, this is the reason, so the wall will come down between us and you know, God can shatter that wall and so we can be with him. That's why he does what he does. He wants us to be with him. I felt like adding this just came to me. It's actually the first thing that came to me. I kind of built it around it and I excluded it and then I thought, actually, no, let's put it back in. Jesus wasn't cold-hearted. Okay? There's a moment in the Gospels where there's a woman walking alongside a coffin. She's walking alongside a coffin and it's her only son. And she's a widow. So she's already lost her husband. And so not only has she lost the two dearest people in her life, but in, in those times of the customs and that with no male in her household to care for her, it means she would lose her house. She would have no way of income. Uh, she'd probably be forced to beg and she'd more than likely be looked down upon. You know, be despised. And, and Jesus was walking by at the time and he saw it. He saw this woman. And it says he had compassion. It said his heart went out to her. Yes. And he was moved. You know, he didn't just... You know, walk along, see it, and go, hey, you know, brashly, just hey, step aside, Jesus coming through. Yeah, yeah, calm down. There you go. All fixed. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He had compassion. He was upset with her suffering. He was moved. You know, and if, if you've been moved, you know, about someone suffering, then you can imagine, you know, there's welling up and there's tears, and, and it's kind of like, oh my goodness, you know. Um, he went up to her. And he comforted her first. You know, you can imagine what you want to imagine. Hey, you know, and he says to her, don't cry. You know, tears in his own eyes, don't cry. You know. And then he, and then he, and then, here's the thing, he knew the outcome, but he was still sincere. You know, he he hated, he was saddened by her pain. And And then he proceeds afterwards, after comforting her, he walks up to the coffin and he puts his hand on it which we don't really get, but that's like a big no back then. You don't touch anything that's dead in those days, okay? Because it means you, you, you lose your rights for the day on certain things, like going to the temple or whatever else, okay? So, so he would have lost out by doing that. But here's the thing, he, he, didn't, he didn't care, you know? He, he was happy to lose some of the rights for the rest of the day. He doesn't mind taking a few hits, you know? He doesn't mind engaging emotionally and physically, you know, full of compassion. Yes. You know, he doesn't mind doing that. Because he loves us. And he loved that woman. And so then he puts, so he puts his hand in his coffin and he says, Hey, son, wake up. Wake up. And the son wakes up. And Jesus hands the son back to the woman. Okay? And those problems are solved for then. You know, her son is back. One person is back in her life. Not just that, she now has stability. You know, she has her household again. She, she, she's not going to be forced to beg because her son will provide for her. You know, he, he, he helped her. And here's the thing. This is what he did for us as God. He looked at our misfortune. He looked at our pains. And in Genesis, it says he was grieved. He was grieved to the core, very core. He was very much saddened. And here's the thing. He, he came down and he cast aside his privileges and rights as God. Okay. God doesn't have to calm down. You know? He abandoned his privileges and he was born into a poor family. 
His dad died at an early age, from what we can work out. He suffered pain, toil, hardship, loss, betrayal by close friends, torture, and, and an inhumane death reserved for the hard, most hardened of criminals. You know? And not just that, but the punishment of God reserved for the wicked came down upon him on the cross. And here's the thing you need to know about this. He suffered more than any of us. And he rose three days later from the dead. And in doing all of that, he set us free. He set us free. And so for those of us who trust in Christ, our punishment and our sins are stripped away. Jesus took them all, nailed it to the cross. It's gone. And and God has not got any left for us, just his love. Okay? Which which he loved you before you even loved him, before, while you still didn't like him. Yes, our world is still full of suffering and Jesus says we should even expect it. You know, we are not, it's, it's a lie to think that we're above and immune to it, okay? Not as, we, we don't get that as Christians, that is not what happens, okay? But here's the thing, whatever we go through, it has an end. And Jesus suffered to make it so, you know? God is still trustworthy, and his ultimate plan is our good, as, as it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope, not here, there. Okay? Never forget, he suffered more than any of us. And that is not to say, well, you know, well, your sufferings are trivial. Okay? That's not it. But it's to give us hope. Because if he's been through the worst and he is with us, which it says he is, he can get us through it. You know, we can meet him even in it. And I've heard people say, you know what? I'm going through so much rubbish right now, but I have such a peace from God. That's amazing to hear. You know? It's amazing to hear. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. If he just stayed God, maybe he would have have been unable. But you know what? He came and you know He's the one who has been tested in every way just as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. Okay? Until then, you are not alone. Okay. One of the main lies you'll hear in your head is the suffering you are facing right now is unique. It's only you. But you know what? God tells us that no temptation has come upon us that is not common to man. And no, that's talking about temptation. It's the same with suffering. There is no suffering that's not common to man. Okay? This is why we should share our testimonies and present, and present suffering with one another. You know? Because you know what? one of the most encouraging things to hear is you're not, like I said earlier, you're not the only one going through it. And you don't know who else is sometimes unless you share it. I've been in a room before and someone's finally owned up and he's like, you know what, I feel exactly like that as well. Me too, let's pray. <laughs> you know. The Bible says we are to weep with one another. That's right. And here's the thing, a lot of us give testimonies of, of healings or God's help and that's great. Like, like what Dean said today, that's, that's great. That was amazing. You know, and, and, and they are, they're really good and they're good to hear and they're hopeful. because it's you know. but, but here's the thing. Um, if you don't have a great testimony to bring, you know, you may still have one. You know, to come up to the front and say, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, but, you know, to say how hard life is for you and say, you know what, it's not resolved and I'm struggling, but I'm still holding on to God as best I can. You know, to hear that, will the church not not mourn with you? Would the church not pray with you? Of course they would. They would pray with you and encourage you, and they'll still praise God. And what a sight to behold that would be, you know? 
to see them lifted up. And here's the thing, and that's every bit as encouraging as a completed testimony. And, and here's the thing, and when God finally pulls that person through, how great the rejoicing would be. Yes. If you mourn with someone and then that person is finally free, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> You'll be jumping up and down. Yeah. You know? Yes. It's a mourn with each other. Okay? You have something to share even if it's not finished yet. My final words. Walk towards God, not away. Okay? Now, a lot of times our hardships feel too much to bear and no amount of truth can encourage us or even alleviate our pain. And maybe, maybe today, some, maybe some of you are like, well, I, I don't, I can't, you know, you're just rejecting all the words as they come. You know, we're cold, we're set, we're embittered, we can't, we can't really accept them because it's too hard to accept them or, or whatever. And so we refuse to believe God cares at all and in frustration we, we turn. And we don't just turn from God, we turn from the church, We've seen it happen, and you know, we turn from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's the thing, I want to encourage you guys this morning, whoever you are, that's not a good thing, and it won't solve it. No. I'm not going to come down on you, kick you or whatever else, you know, that's not it. Please don't turn away from God, please. Please don't. Pray to him. It says, it says in Peter, if, if anyone is experiencing hardship just pray continue to put your hope in him even if it seems bleak here's the thing he is your refuge and he is the only hope of salvation he's the only hope of it ending ever you know remember the depressed psalmists i talked about in the beginning uh, you know where is me and all of that but let me finish their psalms for you I, let me take out the other parts that I, i've deliberately left out these are from the exact same three psalms i started with Why am I so depressed? Why is this turmoil within me? Turn around, put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my saviour and my God. Next psalm. When I became embittered and my innermost being was wounded, I I was stupid. I didn't understand. I didn't get it. I was an unthinking animal towards you, God. Yet yet I am always with you. Or vice versa, you're always with me. You, you, You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me up into glory. Who have I in heaven but you? I design nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart may fail. They may fail and fail again. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Amen. And final psalmist, my days are like a lengthening shadow. And I do continue to wither like grass. But you, Lord, are enthroned forever. Your fame endures to all generations. You will rise up and have compassion on Zion or have compassion on me. The Lord will rebuild Zion. He will rebuild me. He will appear in his glory. And he will pay attention to the prayer of the destitute, which may be me right now. And he will not despise that prayer. He will not despise it. Though these guys suffered intensely, they still held on to God because he is the only solution to the pain and he helps us in it and will bring us out the other side God will end them all one day and he has done everything to make that possible and here's the thing if, you, if you're just thinking of turning away you've really, please don't just trust him sometimes we need to learn to, 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 to just step aside from what we know and just trust and people are here you're not alone people, God has designed it to have a church so church God's beloved that's, a, that's good I like that God's beloved. And you are. You are very much loved by him. You're in the thick of it today, but here's the thing. God is with you. And he has not abandoned you. And your deliverance will, will happen. Okay? Though you may not understand his timing, trust him. Because one day you will understand. Okay? And if there's one thing to take away with you today, I know there's a lot, it's this. He loves you dearly. 
He hates your suffering and is bringing it to an end. And whilst at the same time holding out for the sake of others he loves, not wanting any of them to perish. And here's the thing, that might be you today. You know, might have come here and not known God or whatever, or, 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 or been here for ages and not really given yourself over. He might just be waiting for you today. You know, you may not know God, you might hate him for whatever pain in your life, I understand, but here's the thing, he hates your suffering too. He hates it. He hates the death of the wicked, as it says. I just want to invite, if, if, if that is you today, to, to turn from him to today and live. Yes. You know? You. Uh, hopefully people will come up and ask for prayer, come down at the same time, and just say, you know what, I am angry at God at this, but I want to know him, I want to know this peace and all of this and the end of this suffering you're talking about, we'll pray with you. That's not a problem. The only hope we have is him, church. Let us pray. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, we want to just thank you that, you know, wherever we're going through, however dark, however miserable, however painful, you have an end for it. I thank you that you are, you are with us, you do not abandon us, you don't look away from us, but your attention is on us, you know us, you know what we're going through, and, and you have plans to alleviate it, whether now or later. You know, you hate our suffering and you love us so much. And we just want to thank you for that and grasp hold of those words. We, we, we tell our feelings that they're rubbish and they're lies because you alone are true and every man is a liar. But God, you are true to your word. You are true to your word. You are true. The suffering will end. We, we, we have a great God to trust in. Thank you so much you are with us. And so I just pray for, for all of those today. I, I pray... For those who are suffering, let your peace be on them. Let you be near to them, Lord. Let them, when they're asking, where are you, God? Come close to them. Yeah. Please, Lord God. And I, I pray as well for those who are suffering, because we should ask, and it's right. You know, we want to see it alleviated too. So I do pray that you alleviate people's pain, people's sickness, people's depression, people's persecution. I pray you alleviate those things, because those things are good to you. Those things are good in your eyes. So please alleviate us. And if it doesn't happen, then praise you anyway, because we will be. Thank you so much. You are a good, 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 good God. We love you. So help us, encourage us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen.